Welcome to the Open Doors Initiative podcast. My name is Jan McDonough. We work with companies, NGOs and government to create employability for marginalised groups. These include people with disabilities, migrants and disadvantaged youth. You can visit us on opendoorsinitiative.ie. Today I'm talking to Vivian Rath, a postdoctoral researcher in Trinity College, Dublin. We're talking about the barriers people with disabilities face in getting into employment and some of the supports that really help. Hi, my name is Vivian Rath and I am a PhD student and lecturer uh, in Trinity College, Dublin. I am actually researching the social engagement experiences of disabled students in higher education and I'm lecturing in a disability rights module uh, in the Centre for People with Intellectual Disabilities. Uh, so yeah, so I'm I re- really enjoying my time researching. I'm actually at the point now where I'm finishing up my conclusion chapter and getting ready to submit. So I'm very, very excited about it uh, because there has been no uh, research on the social engagement experiences of disabled students in higher education in Ireland. We look forward to reading it. Can we talk a little, you've researched into the the experiences of people with disabilities during recession in regards to employment. Can we talk about some of the barriers people face trying to get into work? What, in your experience, what do you think the barriers are? Well, disabled people face many, many barriers. And many of those barriers relate to actually societal barriers. So, So those are barriers like, for instance, uh, inaccessible transport, inaccessible buildings. And those pose a major challenge. But disabled people actually also face discrimination uh, within the workforce. Uh, And the commission highlighted that disability discrimination in employment has been the top issue raised over the last four years by members of the public to the commission via its, its service. So people face discrimination at two points. They face discrimination at the entry and recruitment stage and also in employment. And it's interesting to note, of course, that most people uh, who have a disability actually acquire a disability. So they often acquire a disability whilst in the workforce. People with disabilities are actually fighting a tide of low expectations of policy and structural barriers to gain employment. Employers, in in my opinion, need to lead from the front uh, and make a meaningful contribution to the employment of people with disabilities to help them to remove those barriers. And I think a large aspect of that is actually employer awareness uh, around disability, about the supports that are available, such as reasonable accommodations. But uh, there's often a feeling out there, oh, it's actually, you know, it's the person with the disability who's at fault. But in actual fact, that disabled people are actually very aware, uh, understand their needs very well, uh, and uh, and there's a, an increase in the number of disabled people who are highly qualified and highly skilled and available for work. So in actual fact, a lot of the barriers that exist now actually relate to the wider society and a lack of awareness among employers. And 
Vivian, what sort of supports do people require? Is it very complicated or is it very simple or does it depend on the person? Yeah, look, I mean, it's it certainly the, the majority of people actually don't need any supports. Uh, they just need greater awareness in relation to disability and disability issues. The whole idea uh, of greater awareness around disability is really, really essential, I think. Um, however, of course, then uh, people with disabilities may need uh, supports such as supportive technology, uh, also, of course, sign language interpreting. Uh, we're talking about maybe lower desks. There's a range of services. Most of these items are actually uh, very cheap to introduce and in actual fact are probably being used by the, the majority of your workforce anyhow. So really, uh, that in terms of focusing on that, I think awareness is actually the greatest piece that needs to be considered. And to acknowledge the fact that reasonable accommodations are, require, are required through, the, through law and legislation. Uh, and it's a, a, to acknowledge that these are not a favour, but these are actually rights of disabled people. We, we need disabled people at the decision-making table. And so when you're, decide, when you're looking as an employer, when you're looking at what uh, supports to provide for your disabled employee, the first thing you must do is ask them. You must ask the person. Do not make decisions uh, on behalf of a disabled person without including them in that decision-making process. Disabled people know what's best for them. Have a conversation. Have a conversation, Jan. It's just like us having a conversation here today. We've made a big move during this COVID pandemic um, and we've moved to the online environment. Uh, and what, what has been found in research is that during crises or recession, uh, disabled people actually suffered the most. They are at greatest risk of unemployment. They're, they're at greatest risk of marginalisation. So it's very important that we consider our disabled employees at this time and again include them in the process. Um, so like, for instance, there's lots of new barriers to, to, to the employment of disabled people at the moment. Firstly, of course, is a more competitive job market. In actual fact, there, there could indeed be increased discrimination uh, to disabled people. Uh, but within that, there are huge opportunities. Uh, and that remote working is, a, I think, a real opportunity for many disabled employees. I have discussed this with colleagues in uh, Trinity College Dublin, and they have found that in actual fact, some have suggested this is actually levelling the playing pitch. Because they no longer have to make that long and tiring and exhausting commute every morning. Uh, they are no longer having to struggle to get into buildings uh, or to get on the bus. Uh, and those are all aspects of the social barriers that prevent them from, from engaging fully. So there is an opportunity there, I think, such as like flexible working hours. What most employers are probably noticing here now, those are items that benefit everybody. And that's the key. Often, the improvements that we make uh, in relation to awareness or in terms of the working environment for disabled people improved for everybody. And that's what I think we need to bear in mind. What I have noticed, uh, Jan, is that there has been greater, I feel, well, in my organisation, uh, there has been greater engagement from employers uh, in relation particularly to the whole topic around 
people who who may have who may be immunosuppressed or who may be considered vulnerable and but what what concerns me is that there seems to be a fear about among some disabled people uh, in relation to disclosing and there's always been an issue around disclosure because people face discrimination so why would you discuss why would you tell somebody you had a disability if you felt that you weren't going to get the job or that you weren't going to get the promotion because you were, it, it was seen maybe as a negative. Instead of re- realising and appreciating the inherent value that disability brings to the organisation, the understanding that this diversification is, is really valuable to your business. But the important point to remember here, that diversity is, is fine, but diversity without inclusion doesn't work. Absolutely. Actually, just even if you tease out that little bit, what do you mean by diversity without inclusion? Well, okay. So, for instance, I mentioned to you that I um, I'm working in Trinity College Dublin as as a lecturer, um, but mostly doing my research as a PhD student. And what over the last couple of months, uh, I have in association with some other disabled people uh, within the college, I have set up a staff PhD postdoc with disabilities forum. Uh, to allow uh, and to amplify the voice of disabled people because I felt that there wasn't enough disabled people at the decision-making table. And this is this is not something that I came up with or I found as something new. This has been something that has been recognised internationally. For instance, the EY Diversity Report noted the number, the, the lack of senior managers with disabilities at the decision-making table. Uh, so this this is a, a, a really an international problem uh, and not just located to Ireland. So we, we set up this, uh, this group to uh, give disabled people the opportunity to have their voice heard, but also to raise it within the institution or within our workforce to say, look, you know, it's not just Vivian Rat who's having these issues, but in actual fact, there are a number of other staff as well. And by highlighting it and amplifying that voice, we are hoping to bring about change. And in actual fact, it, it has already resulted in change in our organisation. And a structure has been put in place now to, to, tra- to allow the voice of disabled staff, postdocs and PhD students from the ground right up, which is absolutely fantastic. If disabled people... Uh, who are working in an organisation, don't have a say in what's going on. You're never going to have a fully inclusive environment. We need that input all the time. And that is a, a prime example now is during COVID, where, for instance, maybe people are returning to work in the lab. And if disabled people are people who may be vulnerable or who may have, who are immunosuppressed, cannot make it make people aware of the changes that are needed to have their lab lab adapted to allow them to work, well, then they're not going to be engaged or involved. So I think that's really a critical point here that really goes back to the to the main point, uh, which, which is the mantra of the independent living movement, which is nothing about us without us. It's about creating the climate within your organisation whereby staff can get together, have a chat, have a coffee. It can be social. It can be social. But I think it's important that you provide a structure through which 
you hear the voice of your staff. Uh, and that can be very simply done through, say, a peer group, uh, a staff disability group, to allow that to happen. And I think that that in itself will bring about change and in, in simple ways. You can contact us at info at opendoorsinitiative.ie with any specific questions or comments. Please also check out our toolkit and the other podcasts in the series at our website, opendoorsinitiative.ie.